Poised for Exit is a show for business owners who want to achieve a successful future exit based on their own terms. Your business exit will likely be the biggest financial transaction of your life, and for most, you'll have one shot at doing it right. The topic and guests we feature and the stories they share will provide valuable ideas and strategies to improve operations and grow enterprise value so you can achieve the best possible exit outcome. Now here's your host, Julie Keys. Welcome everyone to Poised for Exit, the podcast show for business owners. Today we're going to be talking with the founder and CEO of a professional firm that supports executives and business owners with virtual assistant services. Very interesting. Before we do that, we're going to take a quick break to hear about our show sponsors, Sunbelt Business Advisors and JAK CPAs. Many business owners planning a business transition often feel overwhelmed and don't know where to start. I'm Kyla Hansen, a partner at JAK CPAs. We can guide you to make sense of the numbers and the tax pieces of your transition. Leaving your business successfully takes time, so contact us today to discuss your situation. Visit our website at www.jakcpa.com. You give your business everything, but now you have a decision to make. Should you grow or go? Every business owner will exit their business someday. It's a big personal and financial decision. The best business owners know what their business is worth, and they know their options. Sunbelt Business Advisors can help you understand what your business is worth now and how to net the most when you sell. And if your business isn't ready for sale, we will show you how to get it ready. Here's the best part. Sunbelt gets paid when you get paid at the closing table. And if you aren't ready to exit your business right now, but you want to know what your company is worth, Sunbelt will meet with you for no charge, no cost, no commitment, absolutely confidentially. So whether you're ready to go or still working on your grow, meet with Sunbelt now. The world's largest business brokerage firm is ready to help you. Call 612-455-0880. 612-455-0880. That's 612-455-0880. Or go to sunbeltminnesota.com. sunbeltminnesota.com. Ladies and gentlemen, we are here today with Emily Morgan, founder and CEO of Delegate Solutions. If you are a smaller business or an independent advisor, Emily is going to have some great advice that you're not going to want to miss. Emily, it's so good to have you on the show today. Welcome to Poised for Exit. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. You know, before we get to the show content, I always like to have my guests share a little bit about themselves. So could you just share some things about yourself and how you got to where you are today in your career? Sure. Um, My company is about 13... 13 years old at this point. And I started it when I was, uh, after I had my son. Hmm. And prior to that, I had been working in, um, you know, a more traditional setting as an executive assistant, program manager, that type of work, and really enjoyed it and was really good at it, but didn't want to deal with a commute. And, uh, you know, the, the restraints that come with a traditional job. Sure. So I, I learned that I can actually do what I do remotely. And that's how I started my company. So originally it was just me. I was working as a traditional virtual assistant and the company, the demand we're doing was growing. So I started building out and never once did I envision the 40 employees that I have today or (laughs) any of like the gravity of what it looks like 13 years later which is a big lesson learned, but no kidding. Yeah. I mean, it stems from my own interest and, um, sort of skill in, in this type of work. Yeah. So don't they say that, um, 
that necessity is the mother of invention, which is kind of (laughs) what we're talking about here. (laughs) I've been using a virtual assistant for at least 10 years, and I Mm -hmm. couldn't be without that kind of help. And nor should you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And, you know, with the work that I do, I think we talked about this when we first talked about having you on the show. Um, The exit planning work that I do, um, part of that work is helping the owner to transition from the business and usually that happens over time but the only way that it can happen is if they're actually doing you know intentional delegation and and making sure that they can offload some of the things that they're doing you know on a regular basis so I'd like to um, talk about that and and I'd just like to ask you you know what do you feel is the number one key thing, right, that you need to be able to do to step out of your business? Would it be delegation? Or what are your thoughts on that? A hundred percent. I think um, a while back, I took a sabbatical where I stepped out of the business. And the only way that I was able to do that was because of delegation. And Mm -hmm. then also having a really strong um, accountability chart where you have people in clearly defined seats, owning clearly defined things, uh, you know, aligned on the goals and priorities for the company. Mm -hmm. So is this accountability chart that you're talking about? Is that part of like an overall strategic plan that people are um, involved with and aligned with? Or is this a separate thing? Yeah. So if you're familiar with EOS, the entrepreneur, mm-hmm. not entrepreneurial operating system, mm-hmm. that's one of the foundational tools. Mm-hmm. And to me, that that was a transformational um, part of my business mm-hmm. in conjunction with delegation, because the two kind of work together hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, delegation is freedom and it's freedom of time. Um, so to me, that is the number one thing that needs to be working well in the business to be able to actually step out of it and the world doesn't implode on top of you. And even if an owner isn't planning to step out of the business uh, from a transition or exit standpoint, they still have to have those contingencies in place in case something happens to them or they decide to take an extended vacation or a sabbatical like you did. Um, you know, and just the fact that their time is worth so much more than so many of the things that they do on a daily basis, even like the lower middle market companies that I work that are my clients, I find these owners are still taking on tasks and doing things that they've always done, but that are not money making tasks. And that someone else that is probably more proficient at it and um, could do a better job is is actually, you know, a better candidate for those kind of tasks so that they can be about making money, right? Totally. And there's so many ways that entrepreneurs in particular really become the bottleneck in the business that prevents them from being able to step out. And there's a lot of psychology that we teach around how this happens, why this happens, and how to actually sort of troubleshoot it. And I think we all vacillate between the five different types at any given moment. So it's more Mm -hmm. about having awareness of the behavior and, and some strategies to solve it. Well, I would love to talk about that because I think that would really great, be a great um, piece of advice for a lot of our listeners. We have a lot of listeners who could probably use services like yours. So, or like the, what your company delivers. Um, Let's talk about that. Why is delegation so hard for entrepreneurs and what are those bottleneck behaviors? 
<laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of excuses that we hear. Um, you know, it's easier to do it myself. It's too, my work's too complicated. I've tried before. I know I need help, but I don't think I'm in the place where I can add someone in yet. Mm. And we call those behaviors um, delegation blocking or mm. bottlenecking. And what happens is we develop some scar tissue around our delegation, which really prevents us from really committing to it in a way that it's going to actually work for us and actually get us out mm. of the business, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Do you think that that has to do with fear? Like, say, for instance, we we took and peeled that back. What, what do you find underneath all the layers then? So there's a lot. So there's five types of bottlenecks that we sort of have grouped things into. Mm-hmm. And the first type is the hero. And in this type, you're always wanting to save the day. And so mm-hmm. what happens is that can become like a drug, right? It can become very addictive Mm -hmm. and part of our identity to constantly be like saving things. And it's where we start to find our worth and our value is around this sort of idea that, well, I'm just going to come in and fix it. And it becomes like a high almost Mm. um, type behavior. So entrepreneurs are really notorious for it. And it happens because there's a lack of process and a lack of accountability, probably have the wrong people in the wrong seats. Mm -hmm. And And your team, because of the sort of lack of autonomy and the confusion, really starts to block delegation from happening overall. Mm. So that's kind of what we see with that first type. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's some ways to resolve it. Like you can make a commitment to extract yourself, like try and understand why your team is still coming to you and keep going deeper with asking yourself why that's happening Um, You can start by just having some quick wins to build confidence around delegation to like really build some momentum within yourself. And then, you know, you can start to delegate your own thinking. So really start to explain why when the team's coming to you with questions like this is a really great leadership skill that you could put in your toolbox is just getting to the heart of why. Why are you making decisions so they start to learn how you're thinking it helps you delegate your thoughts better. Mm-hmm. You know that I, it, it's no wonder to me that that being the hero or wanting to fix or take care of things is the number one because I run into it a lot. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I, re- I really do. Yeah, I, I, I wonder if it's yeah, <laughs> it's definitely a trait of entrepreneurism, isn't it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you know, um, I'm in strategic coach, and one of the concepts mm-hmm. that we learn about is that when entrepreneurs get bored, they start to make fires because they're <laughs> like addicted to feeling yeah. needed. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're if you're finding your worth in that way, it can be really debilitating when you the delegation is happening. I mean, I I'm telling you, we all are going through this at any given part of our day. <laughs> mm. We're exhibiting these behaviors, so of course we, you are. know, yeah, we're entrepreneurs it, too. I'm not denying that. I'm not guilty yeah. of this stuff for sure. <laughs> For sure. What are some of those other bottleneck behaviors, Emily? Yeah. uh, And the next one is like the interventionist. So this type always needs to be looped in. This is the classic like micromanager. They lack the trust that anyone can do it better. Um, And some ways to resolve that is, you know, start small to build trust. So start Mm. with some really small wins and build momentum off of there. Um, The other sort of idea that I like to introduce with this type is that When you're working with administrative people in particular, um, they have a tendency to want to execute on ideas. 
and they're less um, looped into the fact that you're just ideating. Mm. You're throwing things out the wall and you're having some great thoughts. Right. They're thinking in execution. And so they can start to get really overwhelmed by, you know, when we work in this way with our support teams too. So keep that in mind. Sure. So in other words, um, not everything in your head has to come out of your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You scare people when you do that, right? (laughs) I think we show restraint and, you know, but it's more about just understanding that the people that are supporting you are, are living in execution and you're living in ideation and that can create a lot of friction. Um, I mean, it can create whiplash. Mm. You know, you have to be really careful that you don't burn your team out by it. I, yes, I, I think that um, I have been guilty of that in the past, um, especially when I had my other companies and I was managing a lot of different people. I'm one of those people that has ideas and I like to talk about them and, and think out loud. And and then, mm. you know, then they would they would kind of, you know, give me this deer in the headlights look like, oh, my gosh, we're actually going to do this, you know, <laughs> and people hate change, you know. So um, I learned that I needed to keep my mouth shut or like talk to myself on a walk, <laughs> yeah. you know, instead of sharing ideas because not everybody wants to hear them and they're not all good. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. I don't I don't take credit for this concept, but this is another strategic coach concept, which is entrepreneurs operate in a freedom economy. Like that's mm-hmm. what motivates us. And our, our employees operate in a safety economy. So they're looking for stability and like, that's what motivates them. So mm. like just there, there's a difference around mindset. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So tell me about, um, have you got this, uh, this term that you've used called the energy management system? I'm very interested to hear mm-hmm. what that means and what that's all about. Yeah, I think to me, I think where where we start to move the needle and get committed to making delegation work is when we can can shift our mindset around what that means. And so for entrepreneurs, our most precious resource is our energy. Mm-hmm. It's what protects us. It's what fuels the business and the ideas. And, you know, we're constantly chasing the horizon. Right. And so we need the energy to be able to do that. Well, it's like that's our purpose. And if you can start to think about it as a way to manage your energy from depleting activities, things that really drain you, distract you, um, overwhelm you, um, you know, there's an impact if you ignore thinking about it in this way and you're going to reach a ceiling where there's just no more time. And I think we all can relate to that feeling and just to continue to think about it as I need to preserve my energy is this how I want to spend my time. Is this what I want to spend my time on and continually work that process over and over again. And it's, it's a horizon. So we're never going to get there. We might spend like moments (laughs) in that part of, of our Mm -hmm. work, but you know, it really comes down to managing our energy to perform at our best. What is the impact of when an entrepreneur ignores the need to delegate. I mean, there's probably some oh, obvious yeah. answers, right? But you're in the middle of it. You're working in it all the time. What are you seeing? Well, they're capping their own growth. Um, at the, there's another thought, you hmm. know, it's not my thought, but it's a really important thought, which is every company needs a visionary. A visionary drives the business forward. And without mm-hmm. one, it's kind of this like <laughs> right. balloon kind of floating around. Um, that's how I would picture it. So, you know, understanding that that is if that's truly what you want to be spending your time on that energy is 
like what fuels you to be able to make that possible. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my business, I have just seen so much transformation happening within my team and just the way that they are stepping up and this ability to empower them to own stuff um, based on their seats on the accountability chart. Like, it's spectacular to mm. watch. <laughs> really well, congratulations. Like, it, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and everybody wins, right? Yeah. When when you practice that on a regular basis, everybody wins. It isn't just for the benefit of Emily and her company. It's for the benefit right. of everyone, your clients, your employees. I mean, when people are feeling accomplished and um, they feel like they're doing a good job and that what they have to do and say matters, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's more than that's worth more than a paycheck because that, you know, brings us down to a basic human need of, of wanting, right, to be needed and, mm-hmm. and mattering, right? Like we really matter. And you've got 40 yeah. of those people, 40 employees. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Good for you. Well, I sell people's time, so I'm always going to have a lot of mm-hmm. employees mm-hmm. for that sense. Well, but. and I would guess that you guys are probably busier now than maybe you ever have been. With oh, all, yeah. We're- right? We're on a wait list at this point, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I, I would not but. be surprised. I'm sure you are. I know how important it is for me to have, you know, my help with my virtual assistant and with all of these professionals now not going into the office, working from home, you know, they may not have access to the support staff they had before. Um, and especially for those of us who are independents or, you know, partially independent, some, you know, some people are, it, just having that extra help has, is just paramount. Right. Mm. Yep. Things changed in our world overnight, like literally Mm. for 13 years. I, you know, pounded on the soapbox about why remote works and (laughs) and then like no one could have predicted it. And then overnight, everything changed. And so everything it's been a wild ride and it's definitely been impactful to our work in particular. Yeah. Well, you guys might be going public in another year or two, right? (laughs) With all that growth, (laughs) well, I'm happy for you. I think that's awesome, and I I definitely um, endorse the work that you guys are doing. It's it's essential, and and so one of the questions that I've got is also having to do with your target clients. So, are primarily your clients in a a smaller um, type business, or are you working all over across the board? Yeah, so we're industry agnostic, and. Our target market are established entrepreneurs with teams, typically who we work with. Um, They're usually doing over a million in revenue. They're in North America. We like to work with people who have an abundance mindset. Um, They value systems as a way to grow and scale quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, And they value efficiency and outsourcing. (laughs) That's who we work with. Absolutely. Very good to be clear about that. Absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. I love that. I think it's great. You know, there's so many times I ask that question and people can't really answer or they answer kind of in an abstract way. So thanks mm. for the clarity. What sure. are some, um, let's talk about some tips on how to delegate and like how to figure out what to delegate. That would be good to hear. Yeah. So I have my own philosophy on this. Um, to me, delegation is, is a circle and it's got three parts to it. So there's the discipline. So we talked a little bit about the bottleneck types and, the behaviors um, and ways to address that. Um, the other part is the science and the art. And so the art is really figuring out what to hand off and some tips around when you're thinking about what can go. First, you always want to start with your goals. 
So work backwards from there. A good assistant in particular will be able to identify delegations tied to your goals. That's actually a, a differentiator for what we do in our work is we help you figure out what to delegate and how to delegate. So always starting with goals. Start to look for things that you're doing more than once. Um, repeatables are really great delegation candidates because mm-hmm. it's a process, right? So someone can interview you, capture that process, either automate it or just get it off your plate. Um, third, you want to look for the low-hanging fruit. So the things that you're doing that drain you and you're not good at, start there. Um, mm-hmm. Compartmentalize is a tip I like to give. So a lot of the times we can get really overwhelmed by saying, oh, I want to delegate my schedule or I'm too scared to delegate my schedule. But if you can break that down into smaller chunks, it becomes easier to think about. So maybe the the example would be, I'm going to use Calendly for my team to have meetings with me. I'm going to set up time blocks and that's when my team is going to meet with me. So being able to like take the scary thing and break it down into smaller, you know, what is it like? How do you eat an elephant? <laughs> that type of thought. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I um, can definitely relate to that fear of delegating my calendar. Um, I still mm-hmm. I still manage it, but I am using Calendly and I'm using it specifically for just anybody who contacts me and wants to meet with me for, you know, like a networking session. Um, mm-hmm. not, you know, I, I schedule all my own client stuff, but but all the other stuff, I use it for that. And it's just been working out great. And yeah. um, it was tough to release, though. It was scary. It's like, oh, no, what if I get stuff scheduled that I and I don't want it to be there or I want to get rid of it or what? <laughs> all, the, all these goofy little fears that I had. So I'm glad oh, you brought that there's up. There's a lot of, yeah, there's mm-hmm. a lot of methodology around how to delegate your calendar and mm. baby step it. But I think the overall is like, what's a small little part of this that I can attack and get a win on and build some confidence and confidence around and like we um, recommend using exercises. So the EOS Delegate and Elevate is a great tool to figure out where to start mm-hmm. um, if you haven't looked at that. Yes, I know that that is a really good practice. There's several of them out there. If people used them, um, what a difference it would make, you know, in, yeah. their, in their business and in their life. Um, do you have, um, you know, to, to wrap up here, I hate to do that because there's still so much to cover, but uh, Emily, <laughs> if you've got a couple of best practices or some action items that you could share with our listeners, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, let's close out with the process of delegation. So, you know, you always want to delegate the end result. So what does success look like? being able to explain that well to the person you're handing it off to Mm -hmm. Um, being understanding that there's a feedback loop that needs to happen (laughs) to get it really fine tuned Um, getting comfortable with like 80%. And so if you think about if someone does this 80% as well as me, is it still good enough to get it done? Um, I kind of use that in reverse and sometimes I'll have, my assistant just start something for me mm-hmm. and I know, okay, all right, she's already set up the newsletter. All I have to do is go in and write my little section. <laughs> like that's <laughs> a, a motivator because someone else has already done the work as well. I like that. 80% as good as me. Um, I think that a lot of us, a lot of my clients included, um, have it that whoever they delegate uh, a task to or, or a project to, um, that it has to be just as good or better than what they mm-hmm. would do. And that isn't yeah. necessarily the case. So, yeah, awesome. I mean, sometimes it's just about getting it done. And right. does it really need to be perfect? Sometimes it's yes. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's like, 
let's just move it forward. And 80% at least moves us forward. Well, thank you, Emily. Um, great advice, great tips. Regardless of company size, regardless of industry, you really gave us some good uh, tips and good ways to save time and delegate. Every, everyone needs to. So thank you for joining us. For our yeah. listeners, uh, this episode will be available for download on the Poised for Exit website, as always, at poisedforexit.com, where you can also get a copy of my book, Poised for Exit. Please rate and review and subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your episodes. We really appreciate your support. Thanks again, everyone, for listening, and please join us again next time.